You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. To advance to the national championship game, Ewers loves it up, and it is incomplete. Intended for Mitchell. Elijah Jackson had the coverage. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Light to a bomb been a fly on the Colin Wilson wall on Monday night with his like huge ticket on Washington and a huge price to win the national championship is that final pass from Quinn Ewers is in the air and then probably probably once you saw it was headed like eight yards out of the end zone like Colin probably felt pretty good about it but I mean that moment when like the ball leaves the hand is probably I got that's probably one of the great sweats he's had and it's probably had, had a lot of them our friend Colin Wilson joins us in just a second here on the show to talk the natty on Monday night with Michigan and Washington but want to remind our live audience Rod Gilmore from ESPN joins us in 20 minutes he'll also talk the national championship game and to our uh, viewers of the show right now on YouTube and Twitch please continue sending in your favorite NFL bet for the weekend could be Saturday could be Sunday aside a total a parlay a prop a teaser whatever it is type it into the chat youtube.com backslash odyssey sports switch.tv backslash betql Ken and I will read them and talk about them and shout you out coming up next hour here on you better you bet but joining us right now the aforementioned Colin Wilson. Always great having a college football season with Colin Wilson here on the show. Been providing amazing analysis all season long. And uh, the last one here talking college football, which is really sad. On Twitter, at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. He writes for our friends over at the Action Network. And the podcast is Big Bets on Campus with other friends of You Better You Bet, Brett McMurphy and Stucky. They support us. Support them and check out their podcast and all of Colin's work. My friend, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, Happy New Year! I I am guessing that the end of the Sugar Bowl was uh, was pretty a pretty eventful one in your household. It, well, it's funny. I was at the Rose Bowl, and I the first half of the game, I could I could stream the game and watch it. But we were stuck in one lane traffic out of the Rose Bowl on the way back to the hotel. Got the second half back at the hotel, and I just feel so bad for my wife who was falling asleep, and I was jumping up and down. I think I did a cartwheel off the bed. I made her wake up, do fist bumps. Knuckles, high fives, uh, everything in the world when uh, Washington played defense, smacked the Quinn Ewers, passed down, uh, advancing that 100-to-1 ticket in the national title. So uh, really my wife got the brunt of what it's like to be around me when uh, the celebration went on. So (laughs) props to her. And Colin, I know you mentioned last week when you joined us uh, from California that you were going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, what was it like being at that game? Obviously, ends up kind of a classic. Michigan finally wins a playoff game. They beat Alabama. Uh, what was it like being there? 
Well, it was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you get up to the press box, and there's a lot of the other media conglomerates up there, and they want to know immediately, like, why is Michigan up to two? Why is Michigan up to two and a half? And I'm like, money. <laughs> there's big money coming in here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see this go down to the wire. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing money hit here. I'm seeing money hit here. And, and Michigan ultimately is probably going to win the game. And, and you know, it was just a wild scene. I could just name off the celebrities that were up there in the press boxes. I'm sorry, in the in the luxury, the Michigan luxury boxes, which is what side the, the media boxes were on. Uh, getting to be down on the field before the game, after the game, it really gives you insight into who's injured or, you know, maybe some whispers going around from other people that cover the team locally about who's going to have a bad game, who's going to have a good game. Like there is somebody very well connected to the Alabama program that was talking about how Milrow has struggled in practices. And I thought to myself, this information is just unbelievably wealthy at this moment. Uh, So I'm on my way down right now. I'm actually in the airport on the way down to Houston. Player media day is tomorrow. I plan on focusing Dylan Johnson, the running back for Washington, who was in a walking boot after the Sugar Bowl. He's so important to the Washington play-action pass. Uh, And then I'll be there for the coaches' uh, media day on Sunday. And uh, pregame, I'll be tweeting live from the field and and see if Dylan Johnson can cut or be a big part of this Washington offense. Well, we'll get to the bets for the game in a second, but I want to go back to something that you said in another answer in this interview, Colin. Though, when you woke your wife up, she was, like, pumped she was giving you – because, like – Whenever I wake my wife up, like when Julius Randle hit the three-pointer last year against the Heat that got the double bang from Mike Breen, she's usually quite cross with me. So your wife was – so that, 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 I think that's great for you, man. Your wife, your wife loved it when you woke her up, I'm guessing, for the, uh, for the Washington win. It helps when the wives know there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? <laughs> so I mean, if you just wake them up for a random bucket, there's no money on the line. But, I mean, at this stage, Fair you enough. know, when you've been married to someone long enough, if there's a pot of gold at the end, they'll wake up. Yeah, no, no prenup. So I just, you know, like, oh, I, that, that's good. Great for me, too. This is all it's 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 a community pot. That's what you got to learn as uh, as time goes on here. Let's uh, let's start talking about Colin, some of the markets for the national championship game. And I, I'll just, <laughs> I, I think it will be tough to divorce yourself from this. But like, I know you have like we all know you have Washington for a ton of money. Let's just pretend you didn't, because I think like an objective examination of this game, at least for most of our live audience, will probably yield the best results because like they don't win the same thing that you do on Washington. So if you had nothing going in the game and you see we'll do the side first that Michigan's a four and a half point favorite, whether people care or not, the look aheads last week on this were like six or seven. Michigan, a bigger favorite. Washington looks good. They win. That's how you get four and a half. Just in terms of the side, Colin, if you did not have your Washington ticket, uh, what would you bet in the national championship game in terms of the point spread? I would be betting Michigan and I would be looking to buy the best number at four minus 115 would be my boundary. Every time it gets to five, there's a little bit of a buyback. There's some cheap minus 105s out there that you can buy four down to minus 115. But that's the side you have to go. And really, it's because the Michigan offense is more stable and more predictable about what's going to happen here than on the other side of the ball with Washington. From a Michigan perspective, it's all about Blake Corum running. Michigan runs inside zone, counter, power, all of these run concepts that Washington has been terrible at defending all year. And, you know, it, it, Corum is going to get weak side guards pulling, double tight end sets. There's going to be blockers for every single Washington run defender out there. And, and Michigan is just going to be able to burn as many minutes as they want off the clock, get into scoring position. And, I mean, the, num- the splits in the red zone are just unbelievable. Michigan is seventh highest in rushing TDs in the red zone. And Washington is bottom 15 nationally in allowing rushing TDs in the red zone. And if you go back and look at Michigan's history, like the last five games dating back to Penn State, Blake Corum has had about 25 to 28 touches in the red zone. 
And there's been only been three other touches to other players, two to Donovan Edwards, one to Samaj Morgan. So it is the Blake Corm show. I don't see Washington having any chance of stopping that. And, th- and frankly, Texas and Oregon didn't stop the run either. They, they allowed 6.2 yards per play in rushing attempts by Texas and Oregon. The problem was third downs. Like Washington is playing so far ahead of their, uh, above their head and defensive uh, third downs. They're 81st on the season, but they held Texas and Oregon to 7 of 21. So I see that playing out a lot differently here. Michigan's never coming out of standard downs. They're going to be into scoring position a lot. But the other side of the ball is where it gets – I mean, it seems like every contested ball, every 50-50 ball that Washington put up, what catch was made by one of their receivers. Now that can happen again with against Michigan in the secondary. They're a tick up better than what we had with Texas in their secondary, but I'm not expecting any pressure here from Michigan either. I mean, these two tackles on the outside that are protecting Penix have given up two sacks and four quarterback hits and over 1100 combined snaps. So uh, I don't see pressure coming down on that, but Michigan's going to do a better job of getting Penix to move. And they're going to do a better job in 50, 50 balls that Texas just had no chance of swatting away or playing any defense. So I do see this being a tighter game. I don't think Michigan's going to run away with it. That's definitely the side that I'm leaning on. Also, the penalty factor is has to be discussed. Michigan, second in the nation in penalties. Washington, 132nd. And this ACC ref crew coming in, highest number of defensive pass interference and personal foul calls of any officiating crew in college football. There's going to be a lot of extra field position yards i think that leads to points there's a push on the over i like the over too uh but you're going to see some resistance a lot of numbers guys make this about 55 but if you want a game where it's going to creep up to about 52 54 points and all of a sudden the refs make the difference in this going over it screams that that's what's going to happen in this game all right, you better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Friday. We are talking the national championship game, Michigan and Washington, with our pal Colin Wilson. Big bets on campus podcast, the Action Network on Twitter at underscore Colin One. Colin spelled with two L's. All right, Colin, you, Colin telling you he likes Michigan if he had no position previously. Michigan to win the game, cover the spread, and uh, likes the over a little bit as well, setting 55 and a half, 56 and a half. Thinks the refs may, uh, may, may play a role in that. So, Colin, what about what about some player props here that you might be eyeing for this game? Uh what about that player props for the national championship game? Yeah, I've been on a hunt for the last 48 hours to find a Michael Penix rushing prop. I, I, I will get him by Monday. I don't see, I still don't see any out there now. Michael Penix had 44 rushing yards going into the Sugar Bowl last week. Then he had 30 rushing yards last week, two off of design, two design runs and one scramble. And you think to yourself, this guy hasn't run all year. He hasn't needed to. And he's had two ACL tears, and you just kind of figured that he wasn't a part of the plan, the offensive plan, to be taking off on his own. I contend that this has been in the playbook all year, and they've never had to use it. And they finally had to use it against Texas, and he ripped off 30 yards in that game. Now, if you go on a season-long average, it's about 5.2 yards per game. He does have maybe one or two design run calls per game. I think it's completely on the table here, considering Michigan has great defensive edge that, that can do some work against these offensive tackles, create some sort of blitz from the outside that may push Penix up through the middle. And if you look at the direction of Michael Penix's design runs, it's all over center. So it makes sense. You're going to call that play when you're getting pressure from the outside. I would take it up to 14 half. Now, I haven't seen it on the board, so I don't know where it's going to come in at. If you see a 5 or a 9 or a 11.5, I'm going to be firing as much as I can until they lock me out. But I, I do like Penix on his rushing over. And then on the Michigan side – Blake Corum scored two TDs on the ground in nine of 14 games. That's 57%. That correlates to a minus 130 bet that Blake Corum can score two 
rushing TDs. That number is not minus 130. That number is anywhere from plus 110 to plus 150 out there in the market. I would play Blake Corum, two rushing tu- two rush- two plus rushing touchdowns, all the way up to minus 130. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, the Corum props are definitely up everywhere. And Colin, I know you were quoting a price on that because they are listed. Uh, I can't find Penix anywhere because you, you say that, and I, I'm thinking to myself as you're giving that answer. Oh yeah, those design runs against Texas worked like really, really well. Like a man as like a as a person who needs Michigan to win the title, those plays terrify me because obviously they're really good generating explosive pass plays down the field. All right, so I think some really good thoughts there on the national championship game. It's like, I'm actually really, really excited for it. Like Michigan bets or not. Uh, Colin, would it surprise you to learn? Maybe it wouldn't because you're really plugged in on this stuff. There's already a market open on the Heisman trophy for next season. And this does not have to be even like a very intelligent opinion. It's January 5th. The award will be handed out in 11 months, 12 months, basically almost a year from right now. But I just want to read you these odds. I think people would just be curious, like, how does the market even start getting formed for something like this? So there are three co-favorites, Quinn U- uh, Ewers, Beck, and Milrow. So the quarterbacks for Texas, Georgia, and Alabama are plus 750. Dylan Gabriel, who's now the quarterback at Oregon, is 10 to 1. Will Howard, who was recently announced he's Ohio State starting quarterback transfer, he's 15. Nico, the guy from Tennessee, I can never pronounce his last name correctly, 15. Jackson Arnold, 18, Oklahoma. Connor Wigman, 18. Nussmeyer, 20, it's LSU starting quarterback. J.J. McCarthy, 20. Uh, Riley Leonard, who transferred to Notre Dame from Duke, is 25. In, even if this is just like your first thought about the Heisman Trophy this year, I just think it's fun that there's a market open already. Any thoughts on this to close? Yeah, I was going to wait. I have a piece coming out after the national championship on who I think can win the national title next year. And I think it goes hand in hand with your logic around the Heisman. There is a team out there, and I'm going to give it away right away. And I, I hope it doesn't move the number before I get a chance to buy it. But And I, I need the right number for this team, too. Also, I don't like the number that's out there in FanDuel. I think it will come in higher at other shops, so I'm going to wait. But there's a team out there that doesn't have to play a conference championship they completely cleaned house on the offensive side, went and got one of the best offensive coordinators in the nation, and they got one of the best quarterback transfers, and that team is Notre Dame. So the job that I have over the next couple of days is to sit down with schedules, power rating adjustments, kind of look and see, because this Notre Dame schedule is junk. I mean, it's too easy. It's not even fair. So Riley Leonard, and remember, what's the criteria for winning the Heisman? Generally, it's a team that is contending for a national championship or at least makes their conference championship games. If Notre Dame who doesn't play a conference championship game, wins you know wins every game except for one, one loss going in the postseason, they are going to host a playoff game in South Bend, which is going to be one of the biggest things ever in college football, led by a quarterback that we all loved at Duke with, <laughs> you know, he's getting an upgrade at every single position. He's getting an upgraded offensive line, and he's getting the best offensive coordinator in Mike Denbach coming from LSU, who just, you know, did everything at LSU for a couple of years. He's coming up to Notre Dame to be his offensive coordinator. I love Notre Dame to make a playoff I love Notre Dame to host a playoff game, and Riley Leonard's going to get a lot of attention because of that next year. I'm not sure they have the depth and enough five stars to win the national title, but if the criteria for Heisman is make the playoff and have a chance, boy, Notre Dame and Riley Leonard are way up on the list. Colin, in like 15 seconds, any reflections, because you're talking about Notre Dame hosting a playoff game. This is the last year of like college football as we know it. Any like a- any thoughts on that, man? As like a lifelong, like diehard college football fan, college football better here in about ten, fifteen seconds. They got it right finally. Well, you know, even when they went to the BCS, Auburn went undefeated and make the did make the final championship game. I think the the fourteen playoff was great. I think it's helped us cut out co champions. It's helped us pick the right teams, and finally, college football admits it's a professional league and it's made for TV.
Hell, that just got me really excited. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And the, you know who likes to watch TV? Me yeah. and everybody else. Uh, Colin, great job, man. The absolute best. Been coming on with us all season. Please support him. Check out his work at the Action Network. Big bets on campus. On Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin, of course, spelled with two L's. My friend, hope you get some W's coming up on Monday night, my friend. Enjoy the game. Stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Coming up next, more national championship talk. Rod Gilmore from ESPN. Next. <laughs> 